Hey there, it's Timmy Manor, and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, it's my partner in crime, the great Benjamin Little. Yes, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. It's Thanks good for getting me a chair. It's good to see you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, appreciate it. Blows this is at home. Uh, Benny, you pretty much brought your own chair from home today. Yeah. We're running out of chairs in here. Yeah, no, I fixed a few. Hey, let's talk about our special guest this week. Oh, it's, a, it's a really cool story. I can't wait to hear it. Um, at the age of 21, our guest was set to become another rising star in the NRL. Uh, unfortunately, after rupturing his ACL for a third time, he decided to retire from rugby league. Following the disappointment from relinquishing his dream, Dresler Steve ended up finding a, a company or an organization called Portability and, and doing some incredible work. It's an NDIS registered disability support service utilizing professional and semi professional athletes as support workers. Uh, Wadabilly hopes to dissolve the stigma around how they are perceived when spending time away from their sport. Um, and we're just going to talk about that as well because some athletes that are involved there do some incredible work. But we're so lucky to have him in the studio, in the flesh. Steve Dressler, welcome, mate. Thanks, mate. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Mate, I, I, I was excited when I messaged you today because there's so much. Um, you know, I remember you as a young whippersnapper coming to the Parramatta, and I always remember Jersey because he had a very sh- firm handshake. <laughs> I really appreciate that in youngster because as as an old grumpy old man, you know, the older you get, you know, you start seeing these young punks yeah. coming through, and you know they're getting cooler and cooler. It's like a soft. But Jersey's always just your, yeah, you, know, you want you want your son to end up like that, you know, yeah. good handshake, good eye, eye contact, contact yeah. yeah, yeah, straight up and down. Uh, but yeah, so his story was he was at Parramatta, and I'll let you talk a bit more of how he how he ended up at Parramatta, but um. One, thanks for joining us. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Uh, let's let's start with your story, mate. Parramatta, how, how did you end up at the Eels? Mate, I grew up in a country town called Yamba, northern Yamba. Northern that's where um, I, I think there. that's where Wixie's and Danny Wixie's Wixie 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 yeah. from there. Yes. So, mate, I grew up there on a macadamia farm for 15 years, and then I moved to the Gold Coast. I signed a little deal with the Gold Coast Titans, and yep. Um, how, how old were you then? 15. So yeah, right. I did yep. like the summer, and then the 16s, 18s up there. Um, and went to Palm Beach, Grumman. Yeah, BC. right. Yep. So there's a few greats coming out of there. And a- any 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 guns from your year go on to play? Um, my year, no, none mm. from my year. What about like any guys that you went to school with? That Keegan Hipgrove. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We've had him on the show. Yeah, yeah. legend. Um, who else? No, Keegan's the only one. Okay, you're above. Yeah, right. But mate, yeah, there's a nursery obviously from Palm Beach there. That that whole Gold Coast area is is. I remember watching the, the is it the Arrival Live Cup yeah. back in the day. It used to be Arrival Live Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they used to um, be, always be strong Palm Beach. That was that superstar. Is that, where did Carmel Cotton go? Was that yep, yep. Palm, Palm Beach? Beach? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. That, that year, that yeah. group, Jerome Hughes. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's a few from there. But, yeah, so I was there and um, played 15, 16s, opens there and um, in year 12, I signed with the Eels. Yep. Um, the great Dean Feeney. Um, yep. Brought me down and um, Anthony Fields. Um, yep. So he moved down into the Parramatta house at 17 with Reed Marnie, Dylan Brown, Austin Diaz. Right. Um, so lived there with Jody and Dean for a couple of years, and um, that was an experience. It's a, you know, <laughs> huge, huge footy house there where obviously those three boys were all now playing consistent first grade, um, which is amazing. Um, and they played SJ Ball 20s. Um, debuted in 20s when I was 18 yep. um, with Tyrell Fumano, Kurt DeLewis, Alex Twal, Troy Morgan. <laughs> so that was a, uh, a great year coming through there. And um, Birdie was our coach there. Yep. Absolute legend. And then um, played New South Wales Cup for Wenny. Played a few games there and unfortunately done my first ACL at 16. 
second at 18 and third at 19. Oh. Um, and my third one, I'd done it quite bad. My ACL, MCL, um, and meniscus, all both sides, lateral and um, what's oh. whatever it is. Um, so yeah. done that and unfortunately got medically retired. But in the NYC, I debuted in the NYC when the NRL had that rule. You have to earn or learn to be able to play. Yep. Um, obviously a few boys flawed that, flawed that rule. And, um, mm. I got a job at Giant Steps, um, through Dino, which was amazing and, um, was there for a couple of years. And, um, over time, some of the parents said, Hey, can you work on a weekend? So I, um, got a job and, and started taking those those young kids out on the weekend on my jet ski and, and to Stadium Australia where we played and, and oh, back in, when was that, it was Pertec, um, what was it, Paramount yep. Stadium back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running the balls out and running the tears out and these kids that, you know, couldn't read or couldn't write or couldn't talk, but they could have fun and they yep. could run and swim and jump and do everything that we did. Mm. Um, and then I started a little Instagram page called Whatability and started posting photos of, of some of the 20s boys that work with us and obviously... They're young, they're fit, they had their shirts off at the beach, they were <laughs> passing footies around. Wait, what, what's what ability? Where'd you come, where'd you get the name from? So what ability, it was, I was, cause I work with severe kids with disabilities. Um, I was going to call it what disability because of what uh, we did. Right. Um, we took kids that couldn't read or couldn't write or couldn't talk, swimming, surfing, bushwalks, jet skiing, Luna Park, everything fun. Um, and I was sort of like, oh, what disability, what disability do they have? So then... And then I was like, oh, I don't like the word disability. So then I was like, oh, what ability? Cool. Um, yeah. And there, there it's stuck. And, and obviously using athletes and, and those younger guys that need work and need employment, it's, it's crucial for them, right? As, as coming through the grades, you have to work. You're not paid enough through the 20s and, and NRLWs and, and AFLWs. So yeah. they have to have employment. So um, started what ability and, and it was only supposed to be small. It was literally, there were six of us at Giant Steps at the time, want to work on weekends and... Um, we started working and then just started posting photos again of those young athletes that um, would have their shirts off and, and obviously had good rigs and, <laughs> and, and big boys and um, working with these kids with autism and Down syndrome and parents would message and, and email and be like, wow, young athletic males working with kids with disability because males in the disability sector is not that common. Yeah. Um, it's obviously a very female-led industry and an older-led industry. So parents will email and go like, wow, young athletes. And I was like, okay, well, why don't I start a disability support service that uses athletes as support workers? And, um, I was living with Bevan French, Reed Marnie and Jamie Lee Price. Um, my neighbors, my neighbors, we were, we were next door neighbors. And um, <laughs> I miss, I miss the crew there, man. Gee, it was nice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and it was actually Jamie Lee Price's friend from the Giants, Christiana Manu, that was the first athlete that I didn't know that messaged and said, Hey Steve, can I help out? And I was like, Oh shit. So, yeah. This is something here. So she was literally the first one. So started and I was like, okay, well, how do we get more on? So um, now we've got over 500 staff across four states. Um, mate, mate, from... mate, mate, Okay, just wait. Just hold, <laughs> on. hold on. Can we get, get into all that in a second? Um, the few massive things I'd just like to circle back to. The injury. Yep. The, in, the injury and like how you responded to that. Um your the support you had around yeah. you how did you get how did you feel in that time and how did you um get through that time and then i want to ask you about your heart for people and also it seems like you just have a really crazy entrepreneurial spirit yeah. that i'd like to talk about <laughs> as well so um so if, can we start with the injury yeah. like how was that mate it was hard i think that i have i was i was you know, no one wants to be injured, but I was consistently injured. Yep. You know, being in the middle, you obviously get your body bashed up. Yeah. And being a bigger body. So it's part of it. I've had 
13 surgeries on my knee. I've had a wrist surgery. I've had a 13. shoulder surgery. Um, well, I've had three Ricos, and we had arthroscopies mid-season, yep. end of season, wow. right? Because it was just so stuffed that we would just clean it out. So how are they now? Are they mate, my right knee is not very good. Yeah, um, it's still bad, and obviously Louis Shidiak and Matty Stewart are uh, yep. two of the greats, and um, yep. spent a lot of time in the physio. Yeah. Um, area, but mate, it was tough. I obviously, you know, it's everyone's dream as you're a kid to come through and play first grade. And, um, it still hurts that I never did. Um, yeah. I still wish, obviously I played, lived with, uh, Reed, Austin, Dylan that are playing consistent now. And yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and you had signed. massive raps coming through as well. It wasn't yeah, like you're nobody. I just re-signed for two years yeah. when I got medically retired. So it was, it was tough, but mate, our 20 side, we had a gun side, Oregon Gafusi, Ray Stone, Stefano, Yuto Kamanu, Reed Martin, Is that Dylan Luke Burt coaching you guys? Austin Diaz, Luke Burt was our coach, <laughs> yeah. Dean Feeney, Stephen Howes was our assistant. Yeah, wow. Um, Hayes Stephen Howes is assistant coach at the NRL um, uh, in Manly. Hayes Dunster was there. Um, mate, we had, I reckon, eight or nine of that one side have gone on to play consistent wow. first grade now. So that's unheard of. Yeah. Like, even yeah. to get one or two out of a 20 side is unheard of. But, um, mate, come through with some really good players. Reese Robson, Payne Haas, David Fafita, played all those guys on my Gold Coast in my junior footy. Um, was in the 18s origin side with Victor Radley, Cam Murray, that whole group coming through. So mm. it was tough not playing, seeing how many boys are now playing. Yep. Um, obviously, again, what I'm doing now is is amazing and having more of an impact on sport yeah. and people in the community now than I ever would have as an NRL player. But I would have liked to have played one. Um, yep. And it was tough in that. But um, obviously, you've got an amazing team around you and people around you that are there for you. Obviously, I went through dark times and lived at the house with Dean and Jody, and, and I'm so grateful for the NRL. NRL had that rule. You have to earn or learn to be able to play because yeah. otherwise I would have just been, you know, you probably see how hard it is for NRL yeah. players to transition out. Yeah. Um, but it's it's crucial that they get involved in stuff and, and, and think of life after sport. Dean Fenny always said, you know, it's never a plan B. You always have two plan A's. Yeah, right. Um, obviously, when you're young and, you know, want to come through, you're like, oh, God, I don't want yeah. to do that. But yeah. it, it's so important to have something outside, whether it's study, work, getting involved in different things. So it was already on the burner in the back of your mind yeah. be, be doing these benevolent things. Yeah. So I was, again, at Parent, I had to work. When you're on a 20s contract, you don't get paid that much. Yeah. Um, so you have to work to earn an income on the outside. So I got a job at Giant Steps five days a week. Cool, cool. Um, and I always worked. I love to work. I sold forward in high school, worked before school, after school, weekends. Yeah. Um, and I always had that, that sort of mindset. So I worked when we weren't, Tra uh, playing or training, I'd work afternoons, weekends, and, and take these kids out that, again, couldn't do much, but they could have fun. Mm. Um, and just doing everything that we got. Yeah. So, which was pretty cool. So good. Yeah. And it seems like you have an entrepreneurial ability. Like, is that is that true? Am I just making that yeah. up? Or you, well, like, where does that where does that come from? Would you um, just kind of no one idea. foot in front of the yeah. other? Yeah. Obviously, um, grew up. My mum and dad split when we were young and went with dad and he always worked here on three or four trucks and went away for several days or weeks on end. And it was me and my brother at home. So, um, I took over the file business when I was 17. So yeah, as soon as right. I was in high school, 17, I delivered wood before school, after school, weekends. I used to have a blue tipper. I would drive it to school, pack with firewood, um, <laughs> so go good. and sell that before and after school, which was, um, pretty cool. And yeah, it's just something that, you know, I suppose that I've been gifted with is trying to work yeah. hard and, um, yeah. Uh, you, you just mentioned before Benny jumped in that you had 500 staff. Tell us about mm. how, what's one, how did you get that size and two, what's it like managing that team that big? Um, mate, it, it was, again, it was never supposed to be this. Literally, I started with a, a few of the boys at Giant Steps and literally five or six player plays that um, we were taking kids out and just having fun. And, and the simple thing that we do is our motto is happiness comes first. Yeah. Our goal is to give people with a disability opportunities that we get. 
whether yep. that's the beach, time zone, flip out, dream world, sea world, a football game, yep. a sporting event, something that is so simple that people tend to overcomplicate. Yep. Um, I always say we're not teachers, we're not doctors, we're not therapists, we're not there to change these people, we're there to have fun. Mm. If you put a smile on their face, you've done your job. And that's where it's so easy um, for us. We've set it up for pam- uh, for families, for parents, for sponsors, for athletes, whether you're a support worker, a participant, an athlete, a partner, um, joining our story, your job's to put a smile on that face. Mm. And we've got participants that are severely disabled, that can't read, can't write, can't talk, can't eat, can't tie their own shoes, have challenging behaviors. And then we've got the easier way. They can read, can write, can talk, can drive a car, can have a job. But wherever they are on that scale, you can have fun. Yeah. And you yeah. can smile, yeah. which, is, which is pretty do, cool. Do your staff need to get trained yeah. to be able to deal with, like, for example, you're saying people that can't read, write, yeah. or drive? Yeah, everyone's everyone's different. So, um, for instance, we've got obviously a lot of athletes and staff that just work on the mild participants because that's what they want to do. It's obviously confronting. For the first couple of weeks at Giant Steps, I hated it. It was the most scariest confronting thing that I'd ever been a part of. I'd never seen a disability before. I went to a high school that maybe had a couple of people with a disability that I'd never really interacted with. And that's a big part of what we're trying to do. We're trying to normalize it. If Tom Trevojevic or Angus Bell or Matty Proud can hang out with someone with a disability, then anyone can. And it's going to spark that conversation change with hopefully young kids to accept it and that older generation that might not accept it yet, um, which which is nice. What's some of the feedback you're getting from the families involved with you guys? Um, again, it's all different. Um, I like to say, obviously a lot of them love it. Um, there is a business element and people that unfortunately it doesn't work for. That's part of life and business. But mate, again, we're lucky with what we do. Parents know, like you see that something so simple can bring so much joy to people's lives. And they know that like our jobs to community access and have fun. Um, like I said before, we're not teachers. We're not doctors. We're not there to make them do stuff they don't want to do. What do you want to do, Tim? You want to go play golf? You want to go time zone, flip out, dream world, sea world, um, and go and have fun. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Uh, you mentioned Tom DeBoy, which I've seen Tom and Jake um, with with some of the stuff you do as well. Yeah. How, how did you get like some of those guys? How did you get them on board? Um, well, obviously, I'm close with Sean Kepi that's, yep. that's at Manly, and we played together. At, that was another one. Sean yep. Kepi, I forgot yep. about. So he was at Parramatta, played with us. Um, so there's like 10 or 11 yeah. now. So um, he's been a part of WaterAbility since day one. He's been a massive advocate, advocate for who we are and what we do. Um, and Tom just come to one of our days. That we went to a Cables Wake Park. We hired out the Cables Wake Park and had about 30 or 40 participants out there just having fun. And Tom come out and was like, Fuck, I just want to get involved. How do I get involved? And um, it's great. And, and why it works for the athletes is it's obviously fun, flexible work that fits into their travel, their training, their schedule. So that's why it's so attractive for you know, your top players that have a couple of days off or your AFLW, NRLW, your reserve grades, your 20s that have to work, have to earn an income. They can work once a week, twice a week, five times a week, once a month, whatever they want to do. And we're lucky that everyone from Tom Trevojevic to Angus Bell to Matty Proud that play for their country and that are on a decent wicket, um, they do the exact same sign-up that you would do. If you want yep. to become a support worker, you've got to go do your epilepsy essentials, your sign-ups, your finance, your this, your that, all your training. Um, so they've done the exact same stuff as as a regular support worker. So mm. they get it. They understand it. Tom or Tom and Jake, prime example, you know, they're on a decent money. They they work. They go and pick up a participant from their house, go take them out for the day, go for a coffee, go play nine holes of golf, go have lunch at the pub, go for a walk, drop them home. So they know, obviously, we've got athletes that, that work on the mild participants and then we've got athletes that work on the more complex severe participants so they know medication routines they know epilepsy plans they know behavior support plans they do everything that everyone else has to do 
Mm. Um, which why it works is, is they're invested and they're involved and they actually work. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we don't have too many volunteers. Everyone from at the top does the exact same stuff. They have to go out and they have to work. They're not paid. They're not, well, they are paid, but they're not there to just take a photo and just say, Oh, I'm an ambassador for this. Again, Jake's working t- on Friday. He's going to pick a participant up and taking him out on Friday. He just had a pec surgery last week. He's going out this Friday, picking Maddie up, going to play some golf. Who's that? He won't play golf. Um, Tom is. Oh, Tom. Um, so him and Jake, Ben are yeah. out this Friday. Jake's um, in origin camp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so everyone is paid. So the the NDIS is, is amazing. And we've obviously got about 500 staff around the country now. But everyone from Tom Trebovich to Angus Bell to all those top players, all the way down to a 20s, an AFLW or a rookie or an academy, they're paid the exact same. Yeah. So when you go out, it's 150 bucks, 200 bucks a day, whatever it is, 32 bucks an hour on a weekday. They'll go out and do a four to six hour booking. And obviously your Toms, your Angus Bells or your Sean Kepis, they'll donate it to the charity. So we've got Whatability, which is a business, um, which that's where all the staff are employed in there. And then we've got a charity, um, Whatability Foundation, where- Oh, awesome. That's set up. So yep. the NDIS will only pay for the support worker, the allied health, the medical staff, that side. They won't pay for a ticket to the Paramount Eagles or a ticket to Lunar Park or um, right. Time Zone. Yeah, they yeah. won't pay for the experience. So- Two years ago, we set up a charity arm, which unlocks tickets cool. um, and experiences. So the, the bigger players and the bigger athletes, they'll donate their $200 for the day to the charity, which oh, is, which is cool. amazing. That's so awesome. Yeah. The younger guys obviously take it. Um, you know, we've got some pl- athletes that might earn 20, 30, $40,000 a year with us yeah. um, as a part-time or a casual employee, which is great. Yeah. So how long has Waterbility been around? Four years in about 15 days, 16 yeah, days. Cool. So 22nd of July. Was there a standout period in time where it really scaled up or has it been pretty It's always pretty just consistent? gone. It's, it's again, it's, we've been lucky that the marketing and the, and the athletes that we've got on really drive it and really invest in it. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's sort of just, it's, it's gone. We've just launched Queensland WI and Vic all last year. Um, well, again, we're lucky with a simple thing that we do, whether you're an athlete, a support worker, a participant, a sponsor, a friend that just wants to support your jobs to make that person smile. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to teach them to read, write, talk, do anything that they don't want to do. You want to go play golf? Let's go play golf. You want to go do this? You want to go do that? Like that's what we do. Mm. So that's an easy scale and a model to replicate and, and grow. Um, obviously there is the compliance issues and, and incidents and everything that they have to manage with that. Um, but yeah, it's quite a simple model. Cool. And, you being in charge of it all, how, how are you taking care of yourself and ta- like, yeah. how are you managing doing it all? Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. Um, lucky we've got an amazing team around us. Yeah. Um, we've got 60 plus full-time staff now, um, which is amazing. So we've got a CEO, I've hired a new CEO that, that he runs the company, CMO, head of supports, all those teams that now run it. So I'm very not, I'm not too much in touch with the supports and the marketing and that stuff now. It's all run by their teams, which is great. Yeah. Um, but it was hard. Like, obviously I'm learning. I'm only young. I'm 25. So yeah. learning different elements of business, life, partnerships, families, everything like that, that, that is part, but it's all about learning and understanding and figuring it out. What is uh, your status? Your your marital status? Relationship. Yeah, relationship. Okay, <laughs> just checking, just checking. We, we like to ask yeah, our guests yeah. on this show just to make sure <laughs> we get some guests, uh, we get some <laughs> listeners that... <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so you, you talk about the... How do you scale up? Like, it's one thing to, you said you want... Your your vision at the start was just three, four of you guys, whatever it was, yeah. starting out. Um, how did you go from that to a national presence? Like, what, what steps did you take to make it get bigger and bigger and go to different cities? And um, Again, 
and I say it's simple. Like what we do is so simple. The product and the goal is simple. Yes, finance, marketing, compliance, governance in the back end is complicated. But again, you put the right people in the right seats and, and to run that. Um, I get to be at the face of it and do all the cool stuff. But again, you get such a, a passionate team that are there for the right reasons and a passionate team that just want to make a, lot, a world better for these people. Um, again, we've got athletes that will just, or even support workers that will just like drop it at the center of the hat and, and go away and look after. We've actually got a kid that's um, in, a, in a tricky situation at the moment that's been relinquished to the government. Um, and we're stepped in for the last, since January, we've been sole carers in for the last six months. I did a sleepover last night. Um, three four thirty yesterday till nine thirty this morning. So, mm. everyone in the organisation will do anything for this business and for these families that that do it tough. And obviously, you get people that don't, and, and that's part of life. There's people that come into the industry that 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 aren't um, suited or equipped to do it, and that's part of life and business. And that's the bad thing that athletes get. Ninety nine percent of athletes are great people. Yeah, most yeah. of them do the right thing. Are great with communities. Are great with fans. Are great with partners. Are great with everything. 1% stuff it up. But that's mm. in banking, radio, yeah, yeah, any yeah, industry yeah. there's there's idiots, yeah. right? So yeah. um, unfortunately that's part of life and yeah. Yeah. Seems like quite a journey you've been on the last four years. Um, you mentioned that it, you have learnt a lot. What have been some of those standout learning curves for you? Um, again, how to manage people. I'm obviously a, a big guy. I'm you know, 110, 115 kilos and six foot one and um, I'm passionate. Everything that I do, I wear on my sleeve and sometimes it can come across angry or effect, but I'm just passionate. Yeah. Um, so that's just learning, understanding how to interact with people, how to lead, how to manage. Right. Um, Lockie, our state manager in New South Wales, he was a landscaper two years ago and now he's in charge of 250 staff. Right. Um, so, but again, if your heart's in the right place and, and you're there for the right reasons, it's it's quite cool. And obviously with me, I'm a, I'm a very um, emotional person. Yeah. Um, someone said that when, when, when something goes right, whether it's, um, you know, we land a brand new partner, um, whether it's, you know, a kid gets on a jet ski for the first time in two years, whether it's going on a hot air balloon or whether it's, um, we get a new car. So something that's small or something that's big or I, I'm happy and I'm, and I'm right up there yeah. or the other end when, you know, it's, it's something bad where there's a big incident or whether there's something like a, a comment that's wrong yeah. on an Instagram post or a LinkedIn post, I'm fucking down the bottom and I'm angry. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, it's pros and cons to that. It's, it's, I wear my heart on my sleeve when yeah. I'm happy, yeah. but I, I get so upset and so feel it so per, um, personally. Uh, how did you become aware of that? It's, it's like one thing to become aware of that. Like, did you figure it out yourself? Did people point it out? No, I'm lucky that I've got a, a great team around me, but also my CEO is just an incredible human. He actually, has done a lot in his past, but then he started studying psychology to understand the more of people because he just loves it. Um, and he's honestly taught me and my CMO and my head of sports, national sports manager, so much. He's honestly, he was like, he was the national sales manager for Manulog and then he was the CEO of The Fork, which was a TripAdvisor company. Yep. And he was very lucky and fortunate with with his past that um, he set up and, and he just wants to I'm a to fan of The Fork, by the way. Big fan. Yeah, so. I've done so much. I, I like to research my food, Benny. <laughs> so, you know, when, when I'm like traveling, like I like to go, know, what, what's good? Where's yeah. good in the area? Yeah. I, I don't like to waste a meal. Yeah, I've yeah. traveled with you. You move fast too. Yeah, you but can, like if can, I'm... You can yeah, move fast. For example, New York City, we were, we were there together last year and 
I feel like if I have a bad meal, I'm so upset because I've wasted an opportunity. Like I'm surrounded <laughs> by so much good food. Yeah. So places like the Fork were great for me, just to help yeah. me understand what's around the area. Yeah. Sorry. Shout out to Yeah, so, no, he, so, so he's, he's come from there. Mate, he's, a, he's a legend. So he's been with us for about 18 months now, but he just gets gets us all, right. understands things. Right, right. And, um, again, I'm only 25, so I'm learning how to so interact young, with people, with companies, yeah, with athletes, time. with everything. And yeah. and, it, and never going to get it right. Um, it's, it's, it's a part of life. That um, up and down you're talking about, that's, that's a natural thing for athletes as well. Like, you know, you see it all the time. You yeah. have a win on the field or, yeah. and that week you're on cloud nine, you yeah. lose and you're in the prison. It, it takes a lot of athletes towards the end of their career to figure out how to kind of say yeah. level. Um, and, you know, you're 25. I'm sure you'll figure it out in business as well. But it's, yeah, it's a natural thing for athletes to um, ride the waves of emotion. And I've, I've been guilty of that a lot in the past as well. Yeah, and it seems like the quality that you have of being teachable and being, you know, up to learn is just, it's just fantastic. It's a great yeah. example to your whole well, you organization. Have to be, you have to be able to be taught right as an athlete coming through or you get spit out. Yeah, really that's true. If you yeah. don't learn and adapt to a coach or to a, a trainer, you, you don't make it. Yeah, that's um, true. And that's, again, the lucky thing with what we do is, is again, athletes are about 50% of who we are and what we do now. That started as a hundred percent, but right. um, they travel, they train. So we've got a lot of young people that aren't athletes that are just young, fit, energetic support workers yep. that just love to go out and have fun. Um, but yeah. You, you said that you had people approach you. Are you at the, ever at the stage where you turn people away? We're like, we can't. Participants? Yeah. Yes. We turn away participants. Sorry, as in helpers, as in carers. Support workers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, every day, like we've got, I don't know, 50 to a hundred staff that try and sign up a week. Wow. Um, really? It, it's such a, it's such a lucrative industry that right. doesn't require much training and much qualifications. Yep. We're trying to change that. We want to be the voice for the space where training's upped, everything's up. That's we, great, We yeah. spend over half a million dollars on training. First aid in the disability sector is not mandatory. Yeah. First aid. Yeah, wow. okay. First aid. Um, we've got over 500 staff that we have to pay 120 bucks mm. every year on first aid. Yeah. Medaz, which is ep um, epilepsy medication, bronze medallion. So because of our, a lot of our activities are water-based, um, jet skiing, swimming, surfing, that stuff, it's, um, we trained like close to 20% of our cohort, um, in bronze medallion, jet ski licenses, all that stuff that the NDIS is incredible and it does so much for people, but it doesn't pay for training. So it'll only train for the supports. Yeah. Um, so that's a big gap that our corporate partners try to help us with and, and help us cover that, which is amazing. How do you differentiate yourself from, yeah, you touched on a bit then. So the NDIS thing is. There's a lot of lot of people that jumped in there just because they yeah. saw a chance to get an easy dollar. But um, oh, look, knowing you and your team and your crew, you know, it's talking to like what you guys do is incredible. Yeah. And yeah, you, you kind of don't want to be painted with the same brush as all the other yeah. uh, organizations out there and some of them who have a bad reputation. How do you kind of differentiate yourself and get the brand out there to explain that you're not like that? Yeah. Again, we're lucky that we're young. We've got a long way to go, but we also want to be uh, the best, not the biggest. We want to make sure that training, governance, compliance is up to the standard. Um, you're right. Like there's so many people in the industry that are there for the wrong reasons um, that you don't have to train. You don't have to do any of that, but that's a big reason why we haven't gone regional yet. So we've stayed capital cities, Sydney, Gold Coast, Brisbane, Perth, and Melbourne. We have Jake, uh, national sports manager. He gets maybe five to 15 calls a day for incidents, whether it's a police call, whether it's a medication administration, whether it's a anything to do with something that happens in this industry. And, and, and you can't go too wide because, for instance, our support team is is they've got their pod of t uh, participants that they work with. If they can't get to an incident within an hour, yeah. um, we've had participants try and jump in the in the um, harbour off the opera house. We've had kids 
um, at camps, we've had incidents where the police have been called in sedation. We've had cars written off. We've had half a dozen to a dozen cars written off because mm. participants that get dis get dysregulated, they you know obviously break things and 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 hurt themselves. So there's been so many incidents with that, and we don't want to dilute what we do. So that's why unless the staff can get there for those things, um, we don't want to go too far too soon. That's not to say one day we won't, mm. but how do we become the best, the safest, the compliant, the strongest? Um, in what we do. And that's, again, people think that we're going so well and, and what we do is, is you know, great. But we've just picked two, act, two areas, community access and camps. Mm. We want to become the best community access provider in the country. Where providers get stuck is they do everything because there's more money in therapy. There's more money in, um, in home care. There's more money in transport. There's more money in these certain areas. I personally think the NDI should block it all and you can only choose between one and two. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. be able to do everything. We, we, you know, we're the best at community access and camps. That's what we want to be. Mm. We want to be the, you know, nationwide international one day of community access and camps. That's cool. If, when, when you do expand, um, internationally, where do you think you'd go first? Do you have any ideas? Um, the UK. Will okay, be the first. Cool. Um, I've already had a couple of boys in the UK that played in Queensland Cup that have started oh, yeah. athlete-led disability services. So there's a little yeah. bit of a conflict there. But um, obviously, an easy one would be New Zealand. Uh, but they're transitioning to the NDIS model at the moment. They're not quite. I was going to say, yet. what, are, what uh, are other countries' laws when it comes to the NDIS? Are there similar? Programs? Yeah, obviously, Commonwealth countries yep. are uh, very advanced in mm. this in this space. Um, New Zealand's transitioning to this model at the moment. So the old model used to be. Uh, the providers would get the money and they would, the government would give us a billion dollars yep. and you would come and go, Hey, I've got down syndrome. I've got this. Uh, and you, I would go, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is what, what ability is doing today, tomorrow, the next week, you don't get a choice. Yeah. Whereas the NDIS and that, and the revolution of the disability sector has given you the money, you the $50,000, the $100,000. Yep. And we have to go, this is what we do. Do you want to use our service? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So that's where... New Zealand still has that old model and, and is transitioning to that right at the moment. Yep. They're not quite there yet, but the NDIS in Australia has given so many people control of their own life yep. to do what they want to do, to give them um, the chance in life. The UK has got already got that. Um, so one day, you know, the big dream, I'm the dreamer, the team behind the scenes um, <laughs> make everything happen. But yep. um, I want to see people with a disability get the same opportunities we got. I, it wasn't until I was 18 until I went to Giant Steps that I saw people with a disability. And... It was confronting. I was like, geez, what, why can't they speak? Why can't they do this? Why yeah. are they doing this? And um, over a couple of weeks, fell in love with it and saw the little things that impact their lives and the mm. family's lives. Um, something as simple as ordering a hot chocolate or putting your shoes on, yeah. or using a knife and a fork, mm. um, you know, or speaking. We've, I don't know the stats, but um, probably the 30 to 40% of our participants across the country are nonverbal. Mm. Why? Like, I, I, mm. I didn't understand that. So how do we create an inclusive world? How do we make it cool? And obviously, again, if Tom Travojevic or Angus Bell or Maddie Proud or Braden Maynard can hang out with someone with Down syndrome or autism or CP, it's going to make it cool. It's going to change yeah. that perception yeah. of what it's like to have a disability and what it's like to be a support worker in this space. Yeah, it's so good. I'm going to ask you, what's your, and you kind of touched on them, but your vision, in five years' time, how do you see what ability looking? Um, I'd like to say global. Mm. Um but just doing more of what we do, mm. more, more of what we do, having like, we're, we're tiny. We yeah. are not, we wouldn't even be the top 50 biggest providers in the country. We're tiny. How do we become the, the strongest, the safest, the best? And the size will come. 
everything yeah. will come. The more, the better we get, the bigger we get, that, that'll come. The voice will come. We want to be the voice for the space. We want to change the qualifications. Why yeah. isn't first aid mandatory in the space? If you want to work with someone with a disability, mm. like that's, that's, that's something tiny, right? Mm. If you wanted to work in this space, you can't, you know, there's certain things like police checks and all of them things that there's a few things going on, but there's a, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, you play with a lot of the players. What's your, what's your favorite memories in your footy career? Like when you look back at it now? Um, I suppose, again, obviously playing in, in a jersey and in the Parramatta system was, was amazing and, and being a part of, of something so great. Um, again, look at how many players are now consistently playing first grade. So it's pretty cool to be, be recognized and know those people. And, and now getting involved with so many sports and so many teams around the country. We've got NRL, Super Rugby, Netball, Cricket, AFL, A-League, every team on. So now now I work and, and we work across so many different things. But I suppose just being a part of a team has really helped me to what I yeah. am now. Um, when 2019, 20, 2018, when we were in the grand final, I'd done my second ACL. So I was um, I debuted in the, uh, in the 20s at LOF first two rounds and then round two in, against the Dragons, I'd done my ACL. And was out for the rest of the year, and we went on and lost the grand final that year to Manly, yep. um, with Luke Bird in charge there. So being a part of of, of that was pretty cool, yep. um, although we didn't win. And yep. yeah, how was Luke Bird as a coach? I reckon he's got, I reckon he's got the ability to be a head coach one day. Mate, he I don't know how he's not something now. Yeah, well he's coaching in Burley, Burley Bears, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's running the club there. I don't know how he's not even assistant coach, mate. He's one of he's great. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a genuine human that cares, and that's the hardest thing about being a coach, right? It's not necessarily coaching and teaching and and doing that. You're more of understanding your team, understanding your players, understanding what they need and what they want. Yeah. Um, because when you get to that level, you've got the skill, you've got the talent. Mm. You're not there by fluke. You've got to be a good person and gel as a team and, and the rest of it takes care of itself. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, Benny, it's that time of the show, mate. Of course. It's that time of the show. It's a, it's celebrated. It's revered. It's uh, anticipated. It's our 60-second blitz with blitz. It'll go for more than 60 seconds because that's the way it does every <laughs> week. Um, go ahead. Now, mate, this is a 60-second blitz with blitz. My name's Blitz. And, <laughs> Thank um, you for we'll go, we'll go for 60 seconds. I'm just going to rapid fire questions at you and you just got to answer first thing that comes to your head, okay? Ready for this? Yeah. Okay, I'll be gentle. Um, on your day off, what's your favorite thing to do? Go to the beach. Okay. Um, you can go on a holiday with a bunch of your friends anywhere in the world. Where are you going? Las Vegas. Ooh. Okay. I'm there next week, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just for a night. around one and two next year? Apparently I will be there. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, you go to the movies, you can pick two things from the snack bar. What are you picking? Popcorn. And Maltese. Ah, oh, ding, 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 ding. Right yeah. answer. We get, yeah. You'd be surprised. Only like one in ten will answer that. Right. Yeah. But that's a, that's a goal. That's Even sometimes two packets. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. Because one doesn't fill it up like, enough. Yeah. sometimes the popcorn's huge. <laughs> and it's like the Maltese is And then you're running out. Yeah. And once you've run out of Maltesers, and then there's a two dig. Two packets a lot. There's a dig. <laughs> I end up getting my phone light out to find the Maltesers because there's no more good handfuls. Yeah, oh, I like that. Oh that's good. Um, on a down day, do you have a comfort food that you particularly go I to? Everything. <laughs> my favorite food is probably sushi. Sushi, okay. Uh, yeah, Ganzo? Yeah. Yes. Ganzo yep. was back in the day. Yeah, that was a good one. Because I'm over in the east. Oh, he's oh, changed. He's changed. Sorry, he's changed. Sorry. Where's, where's home for you now? What area? I live in Bondi. Bondi, yeah. So of when, course, I, got, of course when I left Parramatta, I was from Yamba and then the Gold Coast. I was like, all right, I'm moving to the beach. So I moved to uh, Bondi with my sister. Oh, yep. so, yeah. Just Bring it on. Well played. Well played. Well, well done. 
Um, did you have a did you have a did you have a weird habit when you played sport that you would that you would always do like before a game or part of a routine? Uh, I don't or anything think like I'm a very stressed and anxious person, so I bite my nails and and am really anxious. Yeah. So mm. no, no real, especially stress. Yeah. Being stressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you it's could, a habit. If you yeah. could meet anyone, who, who would you who would you want to meet? Uh, celebrity. Yeah, or anyone. Um. Yeah, you, I don't, I don't hey, mind saying that for that one. That's all right. You Maybe got, Michael Jordan. You guys can work on that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, have you I'd love to. Air movie? Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, that's, have you seen it? Yeah, I literally, yeah. I reckon the sales from that would have, like, sales yeah. from Nike. I yeah. personally yeah. went out and bought two pair of Air Forces yeah. after um, that movie. Clothes, yeah, yeah. Literally, I reckon that yeah. night that it went out, people would have just. Yeah, nice yeah, yeah. Right it was done so well. Hey, yeah. wh- why are they not? It's almost like they weren't allowed to use Jordan in that movie, eh? Yeah, I think they made a creative decision. Not to. Oh, so it was created, not legal. Maybe. I'm just saying, mate. Maybe. I thought maybe, like, MJ's gone, you can do it, but I want nothing to do with it. Or, yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll probably do no work and get paid, standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, every, every time, they wouldn't show his face. Like, every time he was in the yeah. movie, it was like the, from behind yeah. or, yeah. 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 Don't know. No, okay. Um, and last but not, not least, um, the worst date you've ever been on. Just give us a few details. Not too, not too many. I, don't know. I haven't been on too many dates. Oh yeah, yeah. Just how, how long have you been with your partner for? Uh, about a year. A year, okay. That's still. It's not bad. How's it going? Good. Yeah. yeah. Can I talk about it now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the race, <laughs> she plays at the Swifts. Oh really? Uh, Which one? She's out injured at the moment, but uh, what's her name? Ali Smith. Okay, I don't. I don't. Cause I know I met Maddie Proud in um. Who's is the other captain? Page. Didn't we have Paige? Yeah, yeah, and we had the coach. Briny. Yeah, Bryony. Yeah, we had Bryony on yeah. the show. She's, yeah, she she was actually very early on in our piece, wasn't she? Yeah, Bronnie Akel. What a legend. Yeah. She's in the grand final this week. They're in the grand final, aren't they? I'm going down Friday. So I'll go down in Friday. Melbourne. Oh, got sweet. A few meetings down there. Yeah, nice. Um, and then, yeah, we've got a kid running out at the Marvel Stadium on Friday night oh, for cool. the, with Collingwood. Wow. A kid with autism. So it's a lot of what we do is we try and get, you know, put it in people's faces and get kids running out with athletes yeah. and, and stadiums and stuff. But Friday night, got that. And then the grand finals on Saturday night. So that'll be good. Awesome. Saturday, that's, that'd be a good game. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be good. Well, Adelaide, you know, bashed them when they played the last two rounds. They were very physical. And, yeah. I saw I a billboard. Uh, I think it was in Melbourne. And it had the wrong team. Did you see that? No. It had Adelaide and um, had another. Fever? What's that? Fever, the green team? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like advertising them for the grand final. Like, um, anyway. Wow. Yeah. I, I hope the Swifts win, man. I hope yeah. they win. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there you go. So you got to connect to the... Uh, the, the team as well. Yeah, does she, got, does she do any got, work with yeah, that? Yeah, so yeah. we've got um, we've got a lot of netballers across the country because it's not a high-paying sport, right? So we've got Maddie Proud, Ali, Sophie Fawns, Maddie Turner, um, and then two or three training partners as well. So we've got six or seven out of the Swift system. We've got four or five at the West Coast Fever. We've got a couple at the Sunshine Coast, um, Vixens and Collingwood down in Melbourne. So... Um, yeah, we've got a, a big presence in, in in all the major sporting codes, but in, in netball particularly. So, That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. And it is like it's paid work. So obviously, you know, those guys get a couple of days off a week um, and they need to work and it's yeah. great pay and it fits into their travel, their training. You know, they're not digging holes. They're not pouring beers. They're going to time zone. They're going to the beach. They're hanging out yeah. with someone and, and yeah. having fun, right? So, and as an athlete, you know, Again, 99% of them are great people and know how to interact with people, with kids, with families, and do all that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I've always, and I spoke to Bryony about it a lot, but the fact that, yeah, that the money in that sport is crazy. Like, you think about how popular it is, yeah. and yeah, you can't rely on it for... for yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's 
Yeah, the income in it is you can't live off it. Like it, no, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. And like it's so popular. Like, think about how many girls play netball on a weekend oh, in yeah. the country. It'd be the oh, biggest yeah. sport. You know, like soccer's big as well, but it'd be huge. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, <laughs> mate, it was short notice today, but I really appreciate the fact that you yeah, come on the show. So I love, I love your story. I love that you've turned a negative and like you know what could have been devastating in terms of a, a footy injury. You turned that into a positive, and now you're you're impacting you know thousands of people along the way and changing the stigma of that whole space. Um, it's really exciting to see you do it. Um, I'm a big fan of yours. I, I, I love what you're doing. Um, Benny, I'm a fan of yours as well, mate. Thanks. Yeah, it's yeah. good to be here. But yeah, thanks again for your time, mate. Nah, Appreciate it. And look forward much. to seeing you get um, strength to strength. Thank you.